Okay, so this is interesting. I kind of went into this criminal law lecture with a little bit of ill feelings towards uh, the reading and the subject a bit because it was a lot more philosophy than I was anticipating, and I didn't really uh, find the use in understanding the philosophy just because, well, the philosophy is applied. Uh, this lecture was focusing on the justifications for punishment. And so I was like, okay, well, we punish already, so why do I need to know the philosophy of punishment? And it turns out uh, the lecture was really helpful because uh, I think the lecture helped answer the question more for me than the readings did. Uh, so I'm going to focus a lot on what we talked about during the lecture. But understanding how punishment works is super important uh, because... It helps us know how the legal rules are developed and shaped the way they are. Um, I am assuming that's something I'm going to learn in the future, but for now, that's what we need to know. Let's talk about punishment, and then we will move into the justifications for punishment. So punishment in general, as a society, we want to be right if we punish somebody, right? We don't want to be wrong. We don't want to punish the wrong person. But if we do punish somebody, we want to make sure that there's a moral reason for us to punish them. So what is punishment? Well, there's six, character, six characteristics of punishment. Uh, the first one is that punishment needs to be performed and directed at a person. You can't uh, direct punishment at a television or a tree or anything like that. Two, consequences are supposed to be harmful. Three, the consequences are preceded by a judgment of condemnation. Four, it's imposed by somebody who has the authority to impose it. Uh, the punishment. Five, the consequence or the punishment is imposed uh, because it was a breach of a rule. And six, it's imposed on an actual or supposed violator of that rule. Okay, so there's two theories for justifying punishment. The first is a utilitarian theory and the second is a retributive theory. So this goes into the political philosophy of it all in a bit, but I think it's quite important and interesting to see how it helps us understand why punishment works. Okay, so utilitarian. Uh, pretty much what you're, utilitarian means is you, you want to find something that gives you the most good, the most benefit. So for example, um, society wants pleasure. They want to avoid pain. Uh, a crime is a pain, so you use punishment as a way to remove pain. But punishment is also seen as a bad thing. So the good that occurs from being in prison needs to outweigh that bad. So the incur so the good of the person being taken away from society for a time being needs to be stronger than the punishment that they are causing because the good of them being gone is there. Okay, so how is it justified, though? Well, there's four ways that you can justify the utilitarian theory. There's a general deterrence, a specific deterrence, an incapacitation, and reform. So general deterrence is when you deter a community as a whole from committing a crime. So you convict somebody, and you, you convict somebody from thieving, and the judge says, this is so anybody who's thieving does not want to steal. Well, that's him trying to deter the general population. 
their specific deterrence, which is where you're trying to deter a specific individual from ever committing a crime again. So the judge says, this is so you don't ever commit a crime again. That's specific deterrence. Incapacitation is when uh, you remove somebody from society so that they can't commit a crime again. And then reform is when you are attempting to reshape somebody so that they change from committing crimes. There is a big weakness to this, though, because the judgment, the punishment may sometimes not be justified. For instance, you frame somebody, or somebody has been framed, and so they are being punished. Well, in those instances, the utility is not met because you are punishing the wrong person meaning the person who is out there could still be causing damage to the society. So there's still a big harm in the society that isn't removed. Additionally, if you punish the wrong person, well, there could be other consequences. People find out about that, and then they lose trust in the legal system. And so there's a lack of utility running from there, because that's another bad thing. Okay, so that's the first theory. The second theory is retributive theory of punishment. Okay, so this theory just says that people need to be punished because they deserve it and only because they deserve it. Uh, there could be a benefit, a utilitarian benefit, where society prospers from people being punished, but that's not why you punish people. So utilitarian looks at the future. What's the future benefit from punishment? Retributive looks at the past. What did they do? They need to be punished for it. And Kant, he's a political philosopher, says that it's a duty to punish, and society could be held responsible if they don't punish. There is an issue with this as well, though. Say, for example, there's a 13-year-old person who committed a crime. Say a 13-year-old person who committed a murder, and then that wasn't discovered until 30 years later. Well, is the person still punishable? Is he... It, and say, for example, that he's changed life. He's really good now. Has a family, raising family. Um, is a contributive member of society. Does that person deserve to be punished? So you have this moral dilemma here where they committed a crime. So they should be punished for that crime. But are you taking away from society at that point? So your retributive and your utilitarian theories there are in conflict. The important thing to note there, though, is that there is still a retributive argument to be made, whereas in the earlier situation we mentioned with the utilitarian theory, there's no longer a utilitarian argument to be made. So retributive theory is more comprehensive than utilitarian theory is. And we see this in a case called Queen v. Dudley and Stevens, or Steffens. This was a murder trial, uh, Dudley, Steffens. Uh, Brooks and Parker, uh, they were on a ship, and uh, the ship sank, and they ended up on a lifeboat together. Uh, they ran out of food, and they ended up having to consider what they had to do to survive. And they uh, ended up killing Parker because he was the youngest, and he was the smallest, and consequently, uh, they did what they needed to do to survive for them so they did survive but then they were held to be tried for murder well from the circumstances are they guilty or do they is punishment justified and the court says yes 
Well, why are they punished? There's two arguments that you can make for this, the utilitarian argument and the retributive argument. The utilitarian argument that could be made is a general um, a general deterrence. You don't want people to do this again. Um, the retributive argument that can be made is they committed a crime, so they should be punished for their crime. Okay, that's what we talked about during our lecture. Uh, quite a lot. Hopefully it's pretty clear. But easiest way to understand it is you have punishment and the characteristics of punishment. And then you have two justification theories. And underneath the utilitarian, you've got four justifications. And then retribution is it's just because they deserve it. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't our pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice, and with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.